0: everyone, and welcome to today's event, Cooperativism and the ESG Agenda. My name is Dave Keating, I'm a journalist based in Brussels, and I'm coming at you live from the heart of the EU quarter. I'd like to say a welcome to everyone watching from here in Europe, around the world, and especially in Brazil, where we are broadcasting live at the Green Rio Conference. Hello to everyone there at the conference. So, let's start by defining our terms. ESG is about environmental, social, and governance considerations. It's a concept tailored to an initiative by the United Nations and the World Bank in 2005 that encompasses environmental, social, and corporate governance into investment decision-making processes and other decisions. The criteria for the ESG was defined in alignment with 20 worldwide financial institutions and it works in a mutual symbiosis with cooperatives around the world. Now, Promoting ESG adoption through the investment value chain can encourage greater private investment in sustainable development which results in a greater impact of policies. Now, agricultural cooperatives are associations of individual producers who band together for a better result. The concept is particularly popular in Brazil, where it has been used for many years. ESG matches well with cooperativism worldwide because it's an idea that tries to combine economic and social development, productivity, and sustainability at individual and collective levels. How can small producers in the international market who are involved in cooperatives help contribute to the national efforts to combine environmental, social, and governance considerations into a productive way forward in agriculture? That's the question we'll be tackling at this event today. Now, you at home and you at the conference in Rio will be able to ask your questions to the panelists using Slido. You can go ahead and type your questions into the box at the right-hand side, and I'll read them out to the panelists, at the end of the panel, you can see the code for uh, that you need to enter on Slido there on the screen in order to ask your questions. Uh, you can do so if you're watching the stream, or if you're there at the conference, you can just use your, your phone, uh, your smartphone, to access Slido. Send the questions to me here in Brussels, and I will put them to the panel, but I know that you guys in uh, Brazil are watching with uh, interpretation into Portuguese, but please ask your questions in English uh, so that we can uh, put them to the panelists. So when you type in your questions, make sure that they are in English. So we're first going to go to a keynote speech from Cesar Hana Halum. the Brazils, uh, no, we are not doing that. We are, all right, let me introduce the panelists that we have with us here today. So we will have, I think, uh, Cesar Hannah Halum, the Brazilian Secretary of Cooperativism and Family Farming uh, from the Ministry of Agriculture, Livestock and Food Supply in Brazil. He'll be with us shortly. We also have Fabiola da Silva Nader Mota, General Manager of the Brazilian Cooperatives Organization. And we have Beno Pocorni. Bioeconomy Projects Director of the German Cooperation for the, the Association German Cooperation for Sustainable Development, GIZ. Uh, Fabiola and Benno, welcome and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Fabiola, why don't we start with you? I talked a little bit about cooperatives, what cooperatives do, but of course, I'm not the expert. You are, so why don't you tell us what do cooperatives do and why are they important?
1: Hi, Dave. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's talk about cooperatives then. Uh, more than a business model, the cooperative movement is a way of life. Uh, We believe that each co-op is born to solve a problem within their community. Maybe it's access to credit or bulk purchases in order to lower costs. And more often than not, it is focused on helping farmers and workers access the market. So, um, co-ops strongly believe we are, there is strength, in numbers. We are stronger together. And that's why we state that co-ops are proof that it's possible to combine economic development and social development, productivity and sustainability, the individual and the collective. So according to the International Cooperative Alliance, there are over uh, 3 million co-ops worldwide with about 1 billion members, the equivalent to 12% of the world population. And in addition, cooperatives uh, were responsible for generating around 280 million jobs, which accounts for 40% of the world population. In Brazil, us, the Organization of Brazilian Co-ops, OCB, we represent almost 5,000 co-ops which bring together uh, Uh, 17 million members, and employ 455,000 people. Um, We want to state that our cooperatives, they play an important role in both urban and rural environments. They operate in many different segments. We are in the financial market, agriculture, health, education. We generate and distribute energy, uh, transport, housing, retail. Uh, We are, without a doubt, key agents for promoting development in all Brazilian states. And the big difference is that co-ops, they they are focused on the people, not on profit. So that is why they begin by solving community problem and they are focused on bringing that social and economic development for everyone that is part of that co-op so we only uh, grow with everyone together we leave no no man behind right that's the that's the the saying so that that's a little bit of what co-ops do and why they are very different from traditional well, other uh, ways of doing businesses. And that is why we believe that ESG is something that is already in the DNA of a co-op. And that's where we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Thank you.
0: Thanks a lot, Fabiola. So that's really good to learn a bit more about what cooperatives do. And like you say, we're going to talk more about how ESG is kind of already in the DNA of cooperatives and then how those two things can work together. Uh, Benno, let's go to you next. So how do you think that cooperatives can fit in with the ESG agenda?
2: Well, uh, thank you, Dave. Um, Hello to everybody. Hello, Fabiola. Um I think it's uh, it's that what Fabiola uh, it's uh, that what Fabiola already pointed out no something like ESG is in the in the DNA it's part of the cooperative no it's part of the of the of the dynamic however if we are discussing how cooperatives fits in the ESG agenda I think it's important to distinguish between two perspectives now, the one perspective is the process perspective and the other perspective is the content perspective. If you look at the process perspective, you should be very aware that ESG in cooperative is something that comes from very different ends. No, So, um, while ESG was invented to make, let's say, the private sector more socially and environmental sound now cooperatives are invented to solve essentially economic problems no to work more um to work to work effectively together and then the question is how these processes comes together No, how a process of making investors more more uh, conscious about the need to be uh, socially and environmental um, sound comes together with the desire of cooperatives um, to work effectively in a very competitive market field now and then we have to say okay there are only real points of contacts where the cooperative is so large is so big that it is in direct contact with the world of finance and the world of market and international market and that is and this is something i would like to stress very strongly from the perspective of the giz this is not the case for most of the cooperatives no there are huge cooperatives large cooperatives but they are also very small cooperatives No, and and we at giz now we are dealing mostly with relatively small cooperatives that are very far, still very far from um, international financial markets. Um, just coming back to the second level, which is the content level, the content um, perspective. Now, I completely agree to that what Fabiola said. Now, from the social dimension, now they cooperatives nearly automatically comply with all the principles. Now, from the governance perspective, also because it is. Um, often a very democratic system. However, there are challenges. No, Just thinking of gender issues no? that is uh, very often something that is specifically in traditional settings um, may be a problem. No? And we have the environmental dimension now, which is also automatically fulfilled in a certain way, because small producers tend to have relatively small-sized production systems um, which avoid in a certain way the existence of agro-industrial deserts as we are know as we know now, however um, environmental contents the environmental principles of ESG could be a challenge to
0: cooperatives as well Thanks, Labbeno. Uh, I believe we're still waiting for the minister, so we'll continue with the uh, panel. I have a couple questions uh, for you. Um, so, Fabiola, let's start with you. Let's, let's dive a little bit more into how ESG is in the DNA of cooperatives. Um, tell, tell us a little bit more about what exactly that means, uh, and what is it about the way that cooperatives have worked so far that means that ESG is. is embedded in the dna
1: okay so um let's talk about a small farmers uh, co-op so let's imagine a farmer that produces milk right so he has a cow and he produces milk but in order to really have a a income for him and for his family to have a a nice life, he has to produce a lot, but how is he alone going to put that milk in a supermarket across the world? So that's when a co-op comes together uh, as several farmers, they realize, well, I can't alone have all the costs of making a factory uh, having workers and doing all the marketing, the logistics in order to take my product from my farm, uh, my milk to become yogurt or butter, and then take it all over Brazil. It's a really huge country, right? Just, um, so how can i take my product all over brazil and maybe across borders so they come together and they are they own the co-op together so there is not someone there i don't want to use the word exploiting but um someone in the middle that just buy his milks Pays for the milk, and that's it. He, he doesn't get anything else. In a co-op, he is the owner of that factory that's going to produce the yogurt and the butter. And because of that, when that yogurt is, sell, uh, is sold uh, and the butter too, uh, the profit from that is going to return to him. It's not going to go to a board and five owners that just bought the milk from the producer and then they put their label on it and they sold it and they take all the profit. That's not it. So we divide, we disseminate all that profit all around those communities. So that's why we always say that we are focused on the people, not on the money. That's why uh, we say that when there is co-op, you're going to bring... social justice and economic justice to that community, because if the co-op grows, it's because everyone is growing with it. Uh, The farmers are growing, uh, the workers are growing with it, and it's not just someone that is uh, taking all that profit and take it elsewhere. No, the money stays in that community. So if you think about that, Uh, if you think about uh, a corporation, it's a co-op, but a corporation that thinks locally but can be global, it's exactly what the UN asks of us, right? So we think locally and we act globally. And with that, we we always we have our principles in order to be a co-op you have to have principles in brazil for example we have a law that states that five percent of our um it's not exactly profits because you don't call it profits and co-ops but um five percent of our funds and reserves we have every year to put into projects social projects in our community so it's something that comes from our law from 1971 so way before someone is talking about ESG, co-ops have that in their DNA. That's why we say it. In our law, we have to do that because we believe co-ops are different from other corporations. So uh, we, we, we put that money into social projects, environmental projects, in order um, to make our community better, our communities better. So that's why I think um, when we talk about ESG is something that how uh, just like um, uh, we were talking about is something that's automatic in our co- in a cooperative. But how do we show that? How can a small co-op, small farmers, uh, just for being a co-op, they are already answering most of ESG uh, achievements, what they, w- indicators, what they want us to achieve. But how can those 20 farmers in the Amazon, uh, Brazilian Amazon, how can they prove that to a bank that only knows other kinds of corporations and only uh, wants to see it in the same way that they see it in other companies? So it's very hard. I think we're going to talk a little bit about challenges in a minute. So I think that's the biggest challenge co-ops have environmental and social uh, in their DNA, but they have a problem of showing that. How can we show that? How can we prove that?
0: Thanks a lot. So I think we have a connection with the conference now and we can go to the secretary. Let me check. Uh, Can you guys hear me? Do we have Cesar Hannah, Halum there and uh, connected? Uh, if you guys could just say whether you can hear me.
3: you Yes. Estamos te ouvindo. Você consegue nos ouvir?
0: Yes, OK, we can hear you. So, uh, let me now introduce yeah. for our keynote speaker yeah. Cesar Hana Halum, the Brazilian Secretary of Cooperativism and Family Farming, the Ministry of Agriculture, Livestock and Food Supply.
3: Ele vai fazer uma pergunta e outra vez. Você
2: fala em
0: português. Sumiu o som. Sumiu o som. Pode botar? Cláudia. Aqui está aparecendo. Ah, tá.
3: Mas o som acabou. Não tem som. áudio.
0: E... All right, the connection may not be happening. Let's give it a little while longer to see if they can hear us. Yes, so if if the secretary can give his keynote speech now, we are ready. Eh. Yes,
4: we are hearing, can you, we we don't hear
0: you well. Ah, okay, if the secretary can give his speech now, we are ready for the secretary's speech.
3: (laughs) Nossos cumprimentos a todos vocês, Uma alegria a nossa participação nesse webinar, porque a nossa secretaria tem dedicado uma atenção muito especial ao cooperativismo. It is our pleasure to, to
4: greet you. Our secretary has a special pleasure to give a, a dedicated attention to cooperativism.
3: trabalhamos primeiramente para fortalecer as instituições que não são ligadas ao governo, para que elas tenham autonomia nesse desenvolvimento.
4: Our first intention is to work with cooperatives that not linked to the government because we want to support
3: their autonomy. A organização das cooperativas brasileiras a ocB é o grande parceiro do ministério da Agricultura pecuária e abastecimento nesse processo and the main partner in this process
4: is the OCB, the organization of, Cooperatives of Brazil.
3: It's our main partner now. a relação entre o ministério que é o poder público com a OCB é de uma fina sintonia. The relationship with the ministry with
4: OCB, it's a very muito
3: As cooperativas brasileiras têm apresentado um bom desempenho. The Brazilian have a
4: very good performance.
3: Mesmo nesse período de pandemia, Nós temos apresentado um crescimento even in
4: this pandemic moment that we are living, there is a significant growth of the Brazilian cooperatives.
3: O que mais nos interessa nesse momento é o crescimento do sistema cooperativo na região norte brasileira, na região onde está a Amazônia.
4: What our main focus in the moment is the Amazon region. That's the main focus that we are working on.
3: in the other regions of Brazil, the cooperatives In the
4: other regions of Brazil, the cooperatives are already very well established. That's why we chose to support the north of Brazil in this moment.
3: Nessa região do bioma amazônico é muito importante os sistemas agroflorestal em que os nossos produtores aprenderam a produzir com preservação. No
4: uh, bioma amazônico é muito importante porque os produtores que moram lá aprendem com conhecimento tradicional, o que é muito importante.
3: A produção lá atende o mercado, o clamor do mercado, que é produzir e preservar. Mas eles precisam muito do modelo de governança.
4: Our, uh, the, the moment that we chose the binomial that we have chosen is to produce and, pr- and pr- uh, preserve, but it's very important to have a governance.
3: Por isso, a nossa preocupação, principalmente com o entrosamento com novos parceiros que possam nos ajudar nisso. Aquilo que vocês discutiram anteriormente, como vender, como utilizar o dinheiro, como distribuir o dinheiro entre os produtores, que foi a grande dúvida da palestra anterior, é o que nós precisamos estabelecer, o modelo de governança.
4: The, the subject that was discussed in the previous presentation, how to share, how to product, how to make the market really happen, it's very important and necessary a good governance. And that's what we are investing very strongly in this moment. E socialmente justo. Um, a governance moment that will be environmentally correct and socially just um, fair. A fair a fair a fair trade fair trade more than ever is important
0: Let's check. Okay, so I think that the secretary has concluded. Yes, it appears so. Okay, Uh, let's go to Benno uh, next. Benno, um, you told us already a bit about um, how uh, cooperatives fit with the ESG agenda. Let's kind of reverse that now. Um, How do we connect ESG with cooperatives around the world, and particularly in Brazil, like the Secretary was just speaking about, um, how can ESG fit in particularly with cooperatives in Brazil?
2: Yeah, um, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense what Fabiola already started to talk. know. in a certain way, cooperatives, they are already contributing to ESG, <laughs> but nobody's recognizing that and uh, and that has several reasons. So one is that uh, very often the lobby for cooperatives is not as strong as for other entrepreneurs and companies. You know? But the, the other is also a certain ignorance because um, we are Establishing alien concepts, concepts alien to cooperatives, such as ESGs, and then expect the cooperative to to prove that they are complying with a concept which was invented by others. You no, know? and and this provokes a lot of problems. You no, know? so there is, on the one hand, um, as Fabiola said. Um, the problem to comply with these principles that has been set by others but probably this is not the main challenge the main challenge is to prove that somebody is complying with these principles now and the third level of um, challenge is then to use that it is proof that they are complying with these principles so if you look on the reality of um, cooperatives we have to say okay in many of the principles of the ESGs, they are already very good. No? But on the other hand, um, cooperatives, when they're starting to exist, no? they have very often to go through a suffering process of discussion, of defining principles, of strategic thinking, no? who we are, where do we want to go, no? how we organize ourselves. Um, and this is something where cooperatives are often left alone so um, in that challenge it is very very important to have support at that moment No, and uh, organizations such as ocb or other ngos or international cooperation are there to support um, cooperatives to reach that strategic level the second challenge in complying with the esg principles is that they have to find a way of institutionalizing these kind of principles because cooperatives they this is an organic um body and you may have people who discuss very very fruitful about principles and strategic actions no but maybe the next month you have other people and the next year you have other people. So it is a very, very important step to institutionalize these discussions and to diffuse that decisions on strategic issues um, within the entire group of corporates. You know? And that is also a very big challenge into practice, in practice, you know, where we have very often active people in the management, and not so active people in the field no and it is very important and a big challenge for cooperatives to close that gap no with regarding to the second level of proving that cooperatives are complying with the principles no uh, we have the unfortunate situation that this is very often related to costs now because it is not only a self monitoring which could be part of the institutionalization process but it is often something that is related to bureaucracies and uh, even worse, often related to the um, employment of external organizations that can make an independent um, proof of compliance now and so. We see that this is often related to time and cost inputs. And then it is very important for a cooperative to understand what are the benefits of these investments. Now, what is the benefit of proving that I am como cooperative as a cooperative complying with the principles of ESG? And, and here we come to the to the starting point. Now, that ESG is, is a concept that plays in a completely different world. Now, it plays in the world of investors and financial markets. And that means the use of such a compliance proof is very often restricted to those cooperatives who are large enough and who have the means and the capacities to get in interaction with these international actors.
0: Thanks a lot, Benno. Uh, Fabiola, same question to you. I mean, how will ESG fit well with the Brazilian context in particular? You talked a little bit about this already, but it, what are the, the circumstances in Brazil in particular that make this a good fit?
1: Yes, um, I think what could be a good thing is if we find a way how to prove that cooperatives they comply with the SG principles, that they can get financing for um, for their projects. And I'll go back to a point of what uh, of what the secretaries talked about about the Amazon cooperatives in Amazon. So we have one of our co-ops. Uh, it's called Canta, and they have amazing projects on how to produce with sustainability within the forest, I'm Amazon forest, and we talk about a lot about Amazon forest and how it has a big impact in all over the world. But there are people that live there, and they need um, to produce. They need to have um, income. So that co-op, it gathers 800 uh, farmers and they have a system. They've been working on a system and they learned from the local population. Uh, We call them ribeirinhos. They are riverside um, uh, communities uh, who live in the banks of Amazon River and they have a big knowledge about the Amazon and they learn from them how to produce with the forest right so uh bringing together the natural the native trees and what they need to plant like um pepper and cacao and other vegetables and they do it in a way uh that they they call an agroforestry system and they 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 are able to plant to produce and to keep the forest alive at the same time and it's a beautiful project and it's amazing that they have that kind of of technology and imagine if each one of those 800 farmers had to bring that technology to their production alone they had to imagine and put it into practice so the co-op helps them takes that innovation, takes that technology to a group of farmers at the same time. That's one one thing. And the other thing is, well, they are doing it, it's working, but it's more expensive. It's obviously that for you to do that, to produce alongside the forest, it's not, uh, it's more expensive than if you just destroy it and produce. We all know that. So how can we look at that co-op and say yeah you are doing it right we have to have you doing it and more co-ops doing it we have to find a way to fund that kind of uh, different kind of way of producing, and we have studies that showed that co-op it increases in, uh, decreases actually five percent um, what the 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 carbon emissions right that kind of production it's five percent less emission than other kinds of productions, and but it's expensive. So how can we say that well? Uh, companies, big companies uh, that have ask, uh, ESG, I'm sorry, that have ESG principles, they are getting funds, but co-ops, they are doing much more since forever, they can't get notice and they can get funds. So I think um, ESG is important, but just like uh, Bernard was saying, just if we can actually uh, point out everyone that's doing actions that uh, comply with ESG. If not, we are just using ESG and we are uh, making invisible for other actions that are just as good or even better but they don't they are not called ESG So we have to be careful with that. That's the only thing. I'm I'm not sure if I'm making myself uh, clear, but I think for us it's important. ESG is important, of course, because we do it since forever. But how can we show it and how can we get finance for our project if we don't call it ESG? If we are not so, it's not so easy for small farmers in the Amazon forest to show that they're ESG compliant. So for us, I think that's the main issue that we have to discuss. ESG is something that in Brazil, we just started to discuss all over Brazil uh, because of um, international companies that bring that from Europe, from the United States, from other countries. Everyone is starting to talk about that. And we are like, well, but we are doing it. Do we have to call it ESG for you to believe it? Do do we have to change something in the way that we do it for you to see what we are doing? So I think that ESG is of course, very important, but we can't use it use it to just ignore and hide other initiatives that are just as important.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Fabiola. I mean, it's a very cool project that you're describing there. Uh, and some of these ESG practices could have been used for some time, have already been used. But if smaller uh, producers, smaller farmers don't know to call it ESG in order to fit into that global framework then that's a problem. So it's a question of how you communicate that. Uh, Let's try going back to the Green Rio conference because I want to put this question to Secretary Hannah Halum as well. Uh, Secretary, what do you think are the situations or the circumstances with cooperatives in Brazil that do lend it to CSG very well? And how would you respond to Fabiola's point that uh, sometimes these CSG practices are already being used but the uh, people practicing them don't necessarily know that they should call them CSG.
3: Where is the guy who moved here? That guy has to come here directly. Hey, but who is talking? Tá, eu estou vendo ele falar daqui. Bom, é, o que eu entendo e de uma forma bem resumida dizer a vocês o seguinte: aquelas cooperativas que têm um contrato de fornecimento de sua produção, elas têm receita para implantar o ESG. Elas o fazem. Então, é preciso que alguém acredite que nós somos capazes de fazer. O governo tem utilizado a parte do crédito rural através do plano Safra para atender, mas é muito insignificante, é muito pouco. É preciso que o capital privado entre nisso.
4: É importante destacar que as cooperativas que they have a contract that they should apply properly esg but it's important that not only the the only the government enter in the in this in this scenario but also the private initiatives
3: porque é fundamental para que o sistema esg seja cumprido na sua íntegra termos uma assistência técnica com eficiência.
4: It's paramount that if as she be successful that we have a technical support very efficient.
3: Os casos de sucessos que nós já temos aqui no Brasil Toda assistência técnica tem sido contratada diretamente pela cooperativa.
4: Brasil, diretamente pela cooperativa.
3: Porque assistência técnica pública tem muitas dificuldades e não consegue atender o chamamento do produtor no momento que ele precisa.
4: Porque a assistência pública está so Então é muito difícil responder exatamente no momento que as cooperativas precisam.
3: E assim, elas passam a ter um sistema de governança que lhe permite ter caixa vender os seus produtos, ter dinheiro para contratar e investir.
4: If they have a, a very good technical support, they have governments to do a cash flow.
3: And like that, have Temos casos lá na Amazônia de uma cooperativa que tem contrato de fornecimento de seus produtos com uma empresa de cosméticos, a Natura.
4: We have a very good example in Amazonia of cosmetic cooperatives that have a partnership with a very important company
3: called Natura. E isso tem dado estabilidade. Elas têm crescido porque tem a garantia do faturamento e hoje já tem estrutura própria com agroindústrias e muito mais coisas então é isso que nós precisamos de alguém que também acredita e faça o seu investimento nas cooperativas para a gente produzir aquilo que está encomendado
4: Natur because it gives to the cooperative, to cooperative stability they know that they will have a próper balance an income and the selling, so it's 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 a very good example of
0: successful partnership. Thanks a lot. Uh
3: let us trabalh um sistema de integração que também funciona muito bem.
4: We have other examples of cooperatives, What integration that works very well.
3: A integração, is seja, tem um integrador que é uma empresa maior que auxilia o pequeno produtor a produzir da maneira que ele recomenda. Ou seja, com o ESG completo. Tem que ser isso. E compra o produto dele. E essa relação da garantia e a estabilidade financeira para o prosseguimento da produção. Temos muito isso no Brasil, principalmente no setor de produção de carnes. Mas é preciso que em plantas medicinais e plantas para cosméticos é um sistema que pode avançar muito na Amazônia, utilizando a própria floresta.
4: The, the example of the integration the bigger and the bigger company is the one who supports the cooperatives, how to implement properly the ESG. We have, we have this example in in the meat production, but it's very important that in Amazonia, with medicinal and phytotrape plants, it's you know, cosmetic, it's very important to have a proper support because there is a huge
3: potential. To develop. Portanto, nós brasileiros estamos plenamente convencidos de que bioeconomia e produção com preservação são temas que não voltam mais ao passado. Nós temos que daqui para frente conversar Nesse sentido, seguir, portanto, toda uma meta para 2030, a gente seguir os objetivos da produção com sustentabilidade. E nós queremos fazer isso. Precisamos também de apoio. É preciso que vocês que são potenciais compradores de produtos nossos nos apoiem a implementar esse sistema. We, we, uh, we, in Brazil, we
4: are fully committed to the bioeconomy. We know that this is a point of no return, and uh, we need uh, the support of you, the buyers, to help us to implement this ESG with cooperatives. We want, we are committed to 2030 no- normatives, and we have we are sure
0: that this is the way for a sustainable way for brazil thank you very much secretary fabiola uh you wanted to take the floor again i think
1: it's just uh one thing i just want to talk about what the secretary was talking about integration that's exactly the co-op role so the co-op takes the technology takes innovations and um helps all of its farmers to comply with that. So that was he, what he was talking about. We are able, in once at once, take that knowledge directly to the farmers. So it's impossible for us who have millions of farmers in Brazil. It's very hard for you to talk to each one of those million farmers. Uh, but if we go to a co-op, then you can, at once, reach... A uh, 100,000 um, members in one co-op that we have in the south of Brazil, 1,000 in another one in the north. So if we take that knowledge, if we th- take that um, innovation and those good best practices and it's easier it's easier for us as a co-op to take that to the farmers uh but what the secretary was talking about exactly what i was saying before we have to realize that the co-ops do that we have to as um other uh, the market, this, the, the financial market, and the government all over the world, we have to acknowledge that role, that co-op role in bringing that knowledge directly to thousands of uh, members of farmers. So I just wanted to point that out, that the co-op can do that. Not It's not necessary to be a company, an other side, uh, an outside company, the co-op can do that. We just have to prepare it as we are doing. And take maybe that decision as me and Brennan, we were talking about, if we are going to call it ESG or um, in order to comply with everyone else, or if we have to work with a communication program and everything else to show that what we do is also ESG, even though it's not called ESG. Uh, Because ESG, they are practices that a company um, wants to adopt in order to comply. In our case, it's it is what we do. So are we gonna call it ESG or not? I'm not sure. But like the the secretary was was talking about maybe, and that's what we're discussing here, right? But uh, as the secretary was talking about, we have, uh, we we know that there's no going back. Everyone is looking at that. So we have to be able to show it, uh, to showcase it even more uh, as time goes by. I, I just wanted to clarify that.
0: Thanks, Fabiola. So we have a bunch of questions that have come in from the audience using Slido. Let me ask those now. Uh, Ben, I'll put this one to you first. Uh, This question is from Tom Lines, or Linus. I am a member of a large consumer food co-op and also use another food shop, which is a workers' co-op and has just celebrated its 50th anniversary. I also use a mutually owned bank. How do the speakers see relations between cooperative agriculture and these areas of co-op and mutual ownership? Benno?
2: I think here we, we see the linkage. You no, know, When we talk about a certain incompatibility of uh, the alien concept of SEG to many of Many cooperatives who live in a completely different world and, and who may comply with ESG but are not able or do don't even want to prove that they are complying now, then we see um, this kind of intermediate organizations now that have a better access to this kind of uh, let's say, resources from the, their world no? And uh, I think this intermediate um, organizations, they have an important role to, to play. Because in a certain way, the sustainable use of forests, you know, and here I'm, uh, I i do not fully agree to Fabiola, it's not more expensive than cutting the forest down. On you know? the contrary, it is, um, it is uh, less expensive. You know? But the problem is that there are no options. You know? So as long as there are no options for people, to not cut their forest down, no, but use it in a sustainable way or use their land in a sustainable way so that uh, no new forests have to be cut as long as um, we have these problems. And uh, these kind of intermediate organizations, they help local producers to get these options. But uh, uh, I think it's also very, very important to say that even with a lot of corporations and cooperatives and successful cooperatives, we won't solve the problem of deforestation because the small producers in the Amazon, for example, they are not uh, the main cause for deforestation. No? So, um, cooperatives, they are very important to stabilize. Rural landscapes, intermediate organizations can help because they are creating options and they can make the necessary linkage of that local producers. No, but no, um, the kind of positive forest conservation effect is mainly through their consolidation of local livelihoods and to um, strengthen the resistance of local resource uses against large scale actors, other economic actors who are not so interested in using options for sustainable use of resources.
0: Fabiola, how do you see relations between cooperative agriculture and these other forms of mutual ownership?
1: Yes, that's what we call cooperation among cooperatives. So uh, we have to talk about that a little bit more so a lot a lot of times when the financial co-ops they were created those mutually owned co-ops were created it's because uh, those farmers couldn't get access to credit to funding in the traditional banks so they um, created their own mutually uh, owned co-op financial co-op but um as time went by, they they got a little bit more separated. And what we always talk about is, well, if you believe that cooperation and mutually owned um, enterprises are the way, then you should always take your business there so you can buy your food from a, from a co-op supermarket. You can uh, take your money to a um, finance co-op you can take your um well you can hire a lot of times workers that come from a co-op in brazil we have uh, taxi drivers most of them are in co-ops we have uh, when you are taking the the logistics of your company your products then you can hire a a trucker uh, a, a trucker co-op. So we talk about how cooperation has to be everywhere if we actually believe in that. And that's why I was talking about uh, many, many times we don't realize that when we are buying or hiring a service from a co-op, we are doing something better. Uh, We are doing something good for our community. So we have to showcase that. We have to tell everyone hey, thanks for being a part of a co-op and thanks for hiring and buying something from a co-op you help thousands of people there that they believe that they together could be could own their own businesses and could um grow with that and not just give their service to someone else who's going to exploit it. So we have to be a little bit more aware of that as uh, members. And we have to show that to everyone that is buying our product. So um, I'm very, uh, very proud and very happy to see someone that is a member of three different co-ops. It's very um, unusual for us to see that. But it's something that if everyone had that in mind, we, I'm, I'm sure we would have a better world.
0: That's interesting. So, Fabiola, you mentioned financing, and that's a good segue to our next question from the audience. This comes from George Florin Staitzu. Uh So, uh, uh, Fabiola, I'll put this to you as well. Uh, banking, microfinance, SME, uh, sorry, that's not the right, here's what I want to ask. Fabiola, I would like to know, what are the financial services providers currently offering loans to the cooperatives? Are we talking about banks, credit cooperatives, microfinance institutions? What financial uh, service providers has the largest share in lending to cooperatives and is access to finance difficult for them?
1: Most of it, it's private banking, uh, because, well, I'm talking about Brazil, okay? Uh, in Brazil, we have a 5% market share. Our finance co-ops, they have a 5% market market share. They are growing exponentially. So for us, that's very important. Uh, each year, um, thousands, millions of Brazilians go to a finance co-op, and we are going to change that scenario. But for now, we are 5% of the market. So. Other co-ops do get their banking from a co-op from a financial co-op, but that's not enough. We have to have more funding. So we do that with private banks, and they don't care if you're a co-op or not. And a lot of times, we if you are talking about a uh, small uh, co-ops they a lot of times they don't have the guarantees that a big bank asks asks of them so in brazil we also have the government to help us a lot so the government traditionally help us with credit for farming um co-ops but we have been talking to the government uh, of the past years uh, i guess for the last five years and they are opening new credit lines for co-ops of other sectors. And that helps us because a lot of the times the guarantees that the big banks ask, we don't have the, a lot of times the, how do you call it? The, the, it's not taxes, the, well, the, the, their um, conditions uh, are not so good for a small co-op. So the bank just says, well, my point is profit. So, if you don't, if you're not going to give me the profit that I need, I have no intention of being in business with you. And the government doesn't have that, um, That not, not the government and not the co-ops, they don't have that profit in mind. So, it's better for our co-ops to do business with other co-ops and with the government, but what we have now, it's not enough. So they do have to go to private sector to get that funding, and it's not so easy. And uh, we see a lot of funds, international funds, that they want to help green businesses and bioeconomics, and um, they don't look at our co-ops sometimes, and we we are trying to showcase that more.
0: So our next question from the audience is for Secretary Hannah Halloum there in, at Green Rio. The question comes from Fernando Jefferson. Digital technologies are increasingly important for sustainability in agribusiness. What more can Brazil and Rio de Janeiro particularly do to encourage development in this area? How could the academy help too? Comes from Fernando Jefferson. Digital technology...
3: Pois bem, nós nós já estamos fazendo isso pelo Ministério da Agricultura. É o que nós chamamos de assistência técnica e extensão rural digital. É a Terra Digital que vai nos permitir levar essas informações, levar os resultados das pesquisas que são feitas, dos estudos que são feitos, até o pequeno produtor, até a ponta, até lá no campo, para que eles tenham conhecimento e tenham a sua assistência técnica mais atualizada. Isso vai nos ajudar muito, porque vai permitir uma assistência técnica em uma quantidade maior de pessoas ao mesmo tempo.
4: We are we are already doing this incentive to technological implementation in the rural area. And this is going to be a game changer in the scenario, because we will bring to the rural area technology in the state of art. Uh,
0: so with the next question is coming from. Uh, the next question is coming from TR. Uh, Benno, I'm going to put this to you, but let me know if you think this is better for Fabula. Uh, so this question is from TR. Thank you for organizing this wonderful event, TR says. My question is, how viable is it to establish a cooperative around perishable agriculture products that have a fluctuating price, which complicates the profit distribution process?
2: Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you because um, uh, um, this is a general situation. No, Um, if we are um, linking local production to international markets, we normally uh, commodity markets. We normally suffering from price fluctuations, and the fact that we have a cooperative is already a, a first step to become resistance against uh, price fluctuations, because um, we are looking for business models that that understand this problem and that tries to find within the cooperative possibilities of mitigating this effect, for example, by diversification of production. Um, On the other hand, this example of uh, perishable agriculture products um, also hints to another very very um, challenging situation you know? um, to be in a national or even worse in an international markets for local producers means that they have to fulfill very high requirements uh, with regard to quality with regard to quantity and with regard to a guarantee of times Um, of um, providing the supply and that also is very strongly related to a very functional logistics and and here it is clear that a cooperative alone won't be able to solve the entire the problems of the entire value chains and how important it is that the actors along certain value chains are are um, cooperating in between themselves no so um, in, in, in other words a, co- a cooperative is an important instrument for producers to become integratable into international value chains but it is only at the at the lower end of the value chain so if these kind of initiative functions in the future, um, we need to have the actors in the upper parts of the value chains cooperating with the cooperative now. So we are in a very complex um, setting and uh, therefore we need um, also, when we think of solutions, we need to think of complex solutions and about how to connect the different actors to each other.
0: Thanks a lot, Benno. Fabiola, same question to you. What about this issue with with perishable products? Does it work?
1: Yeah, I think uh, what Benno was talking about, diversification is most important. Um, You can't depend on only one product. Uh, If you have something, not just a a problem with the prices, but with your own production, uh, if you have a plague that goes to your... um, goes to, um, I'll call it coffee. If you only have coffee, it's gonna kill all your coffee and you, got, you get nothing. So you have to have diversification of production and also of buyers. We have in Brazil, the government uh, buys, we have a law that states that all companies um, government in Brazil has to buy part of their food food for the army for schools for f- public schools they have to buy it from small farmers so you can sell to the government but you also have to sell to your local supermarket otherwise if you're you don't get the contract for the government you're going to you don't have anything. So we talk about that a lot of, with our co-ops. You can't depend on only one source of income, uh, it, which means not only one product and not only one buyer. And for the international market, you have, t- you, we also, we work with, um how do you call it, anticipated selling. Y- y- you probably Right now, you're going to sell your production for the next year. So you already have the price now, and you know how much you're going to get for most of your production, not all of it, but you sell it beforehand and you negotiate the prices beforehand. That's how we do it on the international market. And the national market, you have to have diversification of buyers and production.
0: Thanks, Fabiola. That's certainly very good advice in terms of diversification uh not just for cooperatives but i think for any business really but especially for cooperatives benno you wanted to come back in on that
2: yeah yeah no i i think this is a very important observation because many of the actual initiatives to integrate local producers and cooperatives in international value chains uh, are very strongly directed to one single cash crop now Um, So we're thinking in value chains and for cooperatives that has, um, let's say, positive effects because they can participate in financially attractive markets, but it has also um, certain side effects, which could be negative. And one of the side effects of integration in single value chains that are very strongly focusing on one cash crop is that we have a reconfiguration of the local production systems and with that also reconfiguration of the local social systems. And that means that in a certain way we have um, negative effects on the locally existing social and ecological biodiversity. So diversification and respect for the social and ecological foundations in a given context now is essential in uh, for me at least no and for us at giz in linking cooperatives and small um, local resource uses to national and international markets and it's often forgotten
0: Thanks, Benno. I think uh, that's a good place to leave it uh, because we're just about out of time. Uh, Thank you to all three of our panelists for some really interesting insights. I think what we've heard today is that there's a lot of potential here, right, for ESG. And part of it is just recognizing what's already happening and letting people know how to define it as ESG. But it's also incorporating these principles in the way that cooperatives work uh, even more than is already done because the benefits, the potential benefits are really myriad. So thank you very much to our panelists. Thank you for the people there at Green Rio for following along with us today. I wish you a great evening if you are here in Europe or a great afternoon if you are there in Brazil. Thanks. Take care.